thewellnesscouch.com, streaming wellness into your lives. This is Up for a Chat with Cindy O'Mara, Karen Smith, and Kim Morrison. up for a chat about the hottest topics that are important to you, inspiring you to awaken the change within. I'm Karen Smith. Oh, uh, oh, Kimmy, are you there? I'm Kim Morrison. <laughs> oh, my God. oh, am I meant to be second and I'm Cindy O'Meara? <laughs> oh, I love it. I love it. <laughs> oh, my goodness. That's hilarious. That was hilarious. This, the silence that's... got me, Kimmy. I got me and I went, oh. Am I meant to be second? (laughs) (laughs) I think that's the first time we've ever gotten our names mixed up. I think it is. I'm so sorry, guys. Uh, But this (laughs) is up for a chat and we do like to chat. (laughs) (laughs) So we have got somebody super awesome on the show with us today. I'm so excited for you to actually talk about her, Cindy, because the beautiful Beck is one of your incredible graduates from your program. And I watched a video that she created talking about what she's doing in the world of nutrition and how she's helping others. And I have to say, and, and I'm going to let you say hello in a sec, Beck, but I just, I just want to say, when I was watching your video, I had tears streaming down my face. Oh, one, beautiful. because I was, I was so inspired by you. And two to see the tiny faces of the people that you're making the greatest impact on made me feel like that's a life worth living a hundred times over. So I just, I'm, I'm so in awe of you. Congratulations on what you've achieved with Cindy's program. Congratulations on everything that you're achieving in your life and our listeners are all going to be on bended knee as they listen to this podcast, guys. So everybody, please make sure that you drop everything that you're doing. If you're vacuuming, turn it off. If you're out doing a run, keep running, but know that this is going to be a really inspiring podcast and just get ready to be in the presence of somebody who is wired to make a massive difference on this planet. So that's enough from me. Over to you. (laughs) Welcome, Beck. Well, thank you very much, ladies. That was beautiful, Karen. Thank you. <laughs> let, let me just have um, tell you how I met Beck. So I met Beck through a really good friend of mine, um, Carmen Atkinson, who's a chiropractor, who is a powerhouse in herself. And mm-hmm. um, Beck uh, has a Beck is a policewoman. Are you still um, a policewoman, Beck? I, I am. I'm, I've taken some long-term leave at the moment, yeah. so I'm focusing on um, this stuff now, but I am still a police officer, yes. Yeah. So Beck's a police officer and she wanted a change in her life and she decided that um, nutrition was what she wanted to do and, and, you know, through Carmen and her interest in health and then um, meeting me and realising I had a nutrition program, Beck um, is a single parent. She's a policewoman. She takes on my nutrition program, which takes 12 months to do, and she tackled it um, with the most amazing uh, study habits, um, organisation. Beck, I, I can't remember, how long did it take you to complete it? Um, I think I finished mid-June, so we started in Feb, so February, March, yeah. April, May, in like five months, close to five months, Yeah. 
no one's done that. Not any, even I have um, people who have degrees, who have um, study, know how to study and do everything. Beck, we were so impressed with what you did. And um, we want to talk to you because from that, you are now doing some amazing things with children. So yes. first of all, let, let's talk about your life um, as a policewoman. What, what's it like yeah. in Ballarat um, and yeah. doing what you do? Well, Cindy, I've been uh, with Victoria Police for 11 years now. So um, I joined very young. It was something that I looked at very early after finishing school and all my friends had gone off to uni. Um, I did grow up in Ballarat, so most of my friends had gone to Melbourne or Geelong. I stayed in Ballarat and funnily enough went to study food science. Um, it's always been an interest of mine, the nutrition side of things, but I was there for probably for about six months and it just wasn't my thing at that time in terms of the way that the university was, was ran and it just didn't suit me. So I, um, started to look into policing more so just, I, I guess, to fulfill my compassionate side that I have. And I knew that doing policing, you can help so many different people in so many different areas of their life. Um, and that was probably the main factor as to why I joined. Um, and at that time, I also had, saw it as an opportunity to go and study for, at that time, was five months and then have a guaranteed job at the end of it as well. So I applied for Victoria Police and the process for me took about a year and a half. And, um, yeah, I started, I was, yeah, I was 21 when I started. So um, since then I, I started in Melbourne. So I started in Paran. And I worked there for a couple of years. I came back to Ballarat um, where my family were. And then I went back to the city, so back to Melbourne and did a couple more years there, then back to Ballarat. So I've, I've gone to a few different places over my 11 years and had a lot of different experiences with football. Oh, look, I can't even imagine it. My husband's uh, an ex-policeman from nine years. He was in Auckland yeah. and he got out of the police. Now, this is the 80s he got out of the police, realising that, you know, it was getting tough out there. It was getting really yeah. tough out there. So I, you know, I take my hat off to you that you um, have stayed in the police force for 11 years as a young uh, woman and you're not a, you're yeah. a petite little thing. You're not, <laughs> you know, a big burly guy out there. You're, you're very, no. And you're very young looking too. I didn't realise you're in your 30s. I thought you were still. <laughs> I know. I've, yeah, I get that often. And I've had that, well, obviously I joined when I was 21 and I often, um, working in the night scene, particularly in and around Paran, like people would come up and ask if I even had my license yet. And I, I, I you know, and people wondering, like, you know, are you are you just doing some work experience with them or what sort of thing? <laughs> um, so yeah, I don't I don't look my age. I hear that often, but um, yeah. So it seems like helping is something that you really want to do. Can. Yeah, um, because you know, being in the police force is about serving people and helping people. Can yeah. you like to tell us a, a story um, about your policing days where you feel you've really made a difference? Um, to be honest, it's probably most recently that I really had that feeling where I made or impacted greatly. Um, there's, if I could spend some time thinking about it, I'm sure there's plenty of things along the way. Um, my passion, obviously, um, doing what I'm doing now with the nutrition stuff is just with kids. So more recently, I had the opportunity working at Ballarat to work with the proactive unit. And I went to the proactive unit 
who do a lot of community engagement stuff, a lot of in-school programs. Yeah. Um, that area suits me to a T, so I was having a great time there and I initiated a skate park competition for the um, youth of Ballarat. And so working within Victoria Police, the Blue Light Foundation and some other networking locally with some um, just shops and stores to support the event so we could give prizes and things like that, I was able to bring together I think on the day we had ended up having about 130 youth from about 8 to 24 compete throughout the day either on scooter, skateboard or BMX. Wow. And that, so that for me, that whole day and the lead up to that, the organising of that was the most fulfilling and still to this day, you know, I connected with a few of the kids through Instagram and things like that and I often get messages still from them asking when the next comp's coming up and things like that. So to know that I've provided provide them with something other than what we often see youth maybe be steered into, whether it be, um, you know, in crime or just mixing with the wrong people, which obviously in Victoria Police we deal with a lot of youth who have sort of headed down that road. So to know that I've given them an opportunity for a few months knowing that that event was coming up to spend time doing what they love and what they're good at and passionate about and they really are so passionate and so knowledgeable about even just the mechanics and the physics of how scooters and skateboards work so that for me was interesting to see their knowledge and to be able to give life to that so that event earlier in the year was I would say the most fulfilling thing that I've done Um, having said that I was also lucky enough in 2012 to participate in again another community engagement program run by Victoria Police which we know as Cop Coda where Um, members of Victoria Police interact with uh, the Flemington community and it was a program that was initiated in 2006 to build, um, to bridge that gap between police and at that time the African community in and around Flemington in the city. Um, And since 2006 it's it's been an annual event where we do, we did about five or six months of training I think, so hiking with backpacks with the kids to build that rapport with the kids locally. Yeah. Um, and then went and did the Kokoda track together. So over, um, we, we did the track over, I think, seven days, seven or eight days, and just building that rapport and building, bridging that gap um, within the community is something that, uh, yeah, look, I've probably, that Kokoda experience, I think I don't think I realised the enormity of that until probably a couple of years later. Um, it's definitely an experience that sticks with me often and something that I draw back on. Um, really often in my yeah in my times now so I, yeah I've had some amazing experiences with Victoria Police and I'm very lucky and and grateful that I've had those opportunities. Oh my god, it makes me want to join the police force. I didn't really. Yeah, you know, I don't, <laughs> Look, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah I don't think of it like that. I don't think of it like that at all. No, and that's the thing. I think within Victoria Police, and um, I'm gonna from what I remember, it's about I think it's about four or five hundred individual jobs within the organisation. So whilst we think of police members as our frontline members who we see in and around the van attending, you know, first responders to jobs, and there's a large percentage that do do that and that's um, what we know because that's where you start. But from there you have the opportunity after two or four years to then branch out and really find your niche. And, yeah, as I said, I've been so fortunate to... um, to have those opportunities and to sort of put my hand up for those experiences and be selected to do that and just, yeah, find that that's what really suits me. And so that 
that I think that's probably definitely helped in my staying within Victoria Police for 11 years. Um, if you can find something that suits you and that really, um, you know, fills your heart, then you're going to stay with something for longer. And I think that those experiences definitely um, allowed me to stay, stay on and, you know, connect with people and make some incredible friendships. And it, it, Victoria Police will always be a, an amazing family to me. I've got lifelong friends yeah. and, yeah, who I can call family. For sure. That is, that is, it is so cool. And it's wonderful mm -hmm. to hear such, um, you know, some really positive things about what you were doing in the police force. Was it yeah. the force and um, everything that you learned in the police force that enabled you to get through a course that would normally take most people anywhere between 12 months to two years? Yeah. I, I wonder how you did it. You know, like a lot of people, Make an excuse, I have children, I'm a single mum or parent, I'm, I work yeah. full time, I do shift work, uh, I, I don't, you know, I need an, an extension on the two years that you've given me. I, I want to yeah. know how you did this. Can you, um, um, how you did it? Yeah. Um, I went into it, so the minute I decided I was doing the course, um, which was October last year, I was 100%... I didn't know how I was going to finance it at the time, but I was like, 100% I'm doing that course. So at that point, um, I think I was at a transition phase in my life thinking about, okay, what else do I have to offer Vic Pole? What else do they have to offer me now? And what is it that I really want? And what I really want is to work within the nutrition field and continue working with kids. Yeah. Um, so I had, some, I had a couple of months to actually f work out in my head how I was going to tackle it. Um, I had always planned to do it in less than the 12 months. I didn't think it would take me, um, I thought it would take me longer than the five that it did. But what I did, I sort of sat down and I'm fortunate enough to have sort of, it's a fortnightly cycle in my life. Um, as I say, I'm a single mum, so I do have the two kids. Um, I guess it's a, a lucky thing for me that every, um, every second week the kids go with my ex for two days. So Already I was like, well, there's two full days. And when I say full days, it was 8 a.m. till 10 p.m. Yeah. <laughs> um, on the days I didn't have the kids to focus on um, each module. Um, once I'd finished one module, and it normally would be at the end of that fortnightly cycle, I would then look at, print out the next module. And over that following fortnight when I had the spare time, I was reading the material. So when I got to the assessments at the end of that fortnight, I could sit down over those two days knowing what I had read throughout that fortnight, the videos that I'd watched um, online that had to do with that module so that I could sit down and do the assessments at the end of each fortnight. Um, and again, it was just, yeah, it was just reading when I could, but it was dedicated those two days. And towards the end of May, um, I don't want to sound like it was easy. It was definitely a challenge for me. I was definitely, I was tiring myself because I was also working. Um, mm. So towards the end of May, that's when I applied for my long service leave because I just wanted my focus to be the study for that last month um, and which enabled me, the kids go to daycare for two of the days of the week. So that enabled me to then spend those two days every Monday, Tuesday, rather than going to work, that I'd spend that time also studying for that final month and that's how I finished that off um, a little sooner than what I'd planned. That's commitment. You know, that's what you did is that you organised yeah. your life and you committed to it and, you know, and that is absolutely brilliant. 
So now we're in, when we're in September, late September, and yeah. you're already using um, the information that you learned. Can you explain yeah. to us how did you do what you did and then what are you doing? Let, let's talk about how did you come formulate up with this plan and, and be able to do what you're doing right now? Oh, it's hard to um, actually sit down and say, like, I, I, I definitely visualise what I want. I write down what I want. Um, often for me, my creative mind just goes. I'll be, I could be in a supermarket and all of a sudden some creative idea just pops into my head and it's like it might be a combination of experiences that I've had that all of a sudden just all of a sudden uh, pop an idea into my head. So the idea of... Um, what I am doing is um, teaching in schools and teaching nutrition in schools to kids. So that idea, I think it probably, it manifested a couple of years ago. When I first had my son, who's four now, I did, during that maternity leave, I applied to do primary school teaching. So primary teaching is something I've always had an interest in. Um, and not surprisingly, when I did that course, it's a four-year course, um, I never completed it, but in the 12 months I had maternity leave, I did two years of study in that first wow. year off of my maternity leave. <laughs> so I had that, ex like, my exposure to the primary schools um, and their learning methods, their teaching methods, um, a little bit about the Australian curriculum. I'm from Victoria, so the Victoria curriculum as well and how they implement that to create study lesson, like lesson plans to then teach the kids was really, is now becoming really valuable information for me. And I didn't finish the primary teaching course and I don't know if I ever will. I've deferred from that for now <laughs> to focus on some other things. But I've still got two years to do. But having said that, the idea of teaching in schools, um, yeah, something that I've always been interested in, but now it's an exciting thing for me to go, well, I can combine my passion for teaching kids in schools with my passion and my purpose of nutrition together and it's incredibly exciting for me oh that that is absolutely brilliant so um you're teaching um primary school students yeah and you've created lesson plans for them how did you yep. get the um schools to allow you in because you know right, that's yeah. another thing that stops people Yep. So when we, uh, when I was talking about my study habits throughout your course, Cindy, um, what I also did, and it was in my video that Karen mentioned earlier, was I adopted the notion really early on to teach what I need to learn. So often I, I'm a very practical learner. I need to experience things to see how they work and even just to process through my own head to know how, how I'm understanding information and new, uh, and new knowledge. So what I did was I, very early on in the course, I approached a local homeware store and just asked if I could do a demonstration there to help parents um, teach their kids or, or teach themselves how to create some nutritious lunch boxes. And then from there, it was a few weeks later, one of the parents from one of the local primary schools contacted me to see if I could do that same or similar presentation at their school for their parents. Um, so they'd obviously seen it at the homeware store and thought it would be valuable to teach the parents there because what I was hearing at that really early stage was that um, some parents were sending kids to school with packets of Tim Tams for their morning recess or um, the kids are going with no breakfast to school. And so 
when I'm hearing this information, I mean, I, I can't help it, but sort of go into, you know, saving mode and think, okay, I've got to do something here because hearing that is, um, so it's sort of, for me, it just inspires something in me to, that's not okay and it's not what we should be teaching our kids. Um, and it doesn't have to be creating nutritious snacks for our kids, doesn't have to be hard. Mm. Um, and it's something that I'm still learning too, how to do that and how to implement that in my kids' lunchboxes. And so what I did was I went to this local school, I presented to them and I came up with my own presentation, which was our kids, their health and creating nutritious lunch boxes. So throughout the presentation, it covered those things so that they could actually see that not just guys, you need to create a healthy lunch box, but the reasons why. And so supporting that were just facts about our kids and where they're at health wise and how that looks for them going through adolescence and into adulthood. Um, and as we know, in terms of health, that's really scary to know where our kids are at now. Um, when we talk about kids, probably like they say one in four, but sadly that number's sort of increasing, uh, one in four are obese in, in Australia or overweight, overweight or obese. And that number's increasing slightly. And I think only a couple of years ago, it was 27.4% of our kids are considered overweight or, or obese. So close enough to one in four, but it's increasing mm. and something needs to be done about it. So my presentation basically was showing those facts, showing that, you know, one in four of our kids are classified as overweight or obese. And I think sometimes we get a little bit complacent about thinking about being overweight or obese because we hear it so often and we're surrounded by it so much that I think we're a little bit sensitised and a bit complacent about what that actually means. And what my message was to the parents was it's not just about a kid's being obese. You know, it affects their social interactions. It increases their risk of cardiovascular diseases, type 2 diabetes, and as we know, autoimmune diseases, which are skyrocketing at the moment. So mm. it was just trying to get the parents to think about that and the reasons why they should perhaps opt for their own snacks and meals at home that they make rather than the packaged foods and um and Cindy a lot of it came from your course of the modules um and funnily enough as I was sort of progressing from that one presentation a number of schools then got on board as well and I ended up presenting at six different schools locally um so I think over time I think it was about 70 70 families that I was able to speak to 70 or 80 families over that time um, but yeah, a lot of it did come from your course and those modules and I was able to adapt it, um, at each presentation. And, um, I think as we know, you sort of attract the people that are ready to hear that information. And that's yeah. what I found along the way that as I was learning, the questions were coming in terms of the autoimmune diseases. And I was finding that because of the information I was learning from the course that I was then able to give them sound and factual answers, you know, and that was directly coming from the content I was learning from the course. So that was the way that I the peak of this drug left me to what I need to learn. A cocktail of substances. Yeah, it's um, it's amazing. I was actually um, it's spotlights home living sales. I've just um, um, gone on to what the major killers in Australia are today. It came out yesterday. Yeah. You know, oh, that's that video playing in the background. Yeah, I just, I just put it on, and you know how it just spotlights right up again, and it was spotlight. Ah. Um, but I just went on it because this is what's happening: is that 
if we don't grab these kids and the parents mm -hmm. of the kids to do this, then this is where we end up. And heart disease mm -hmm. is the biggest killer it, at 12.4%. Um, there were something like uh, 10,000 deaths as a result of heart disease. But then, you know, they go into, oh, but we've saved a lot of people because we save them at the heart attack. We know how yeah. to do saving. They're still getting the disease. They're still, um, you know, there's still a problem. Um, yeah. But pancreatic cancer was, I think, 14th. Prostate was 12th. Um, but for women, I think the biggest, what really scared me was, was amongst our youth, I can't remember the exact age, and I'm just trying to find it here because I read it yesterday, suicide is the leading killer. Yeah. That, that is scary. Yeah, here it is. Suicide is the leading cause of death among 15 to 44-year-olds and remains yep. the leading cause of premature mortality in Australia. You know, that, that really freaked me out because the amount of young children, and whether it's our primary school kids, but the amount of young children that are um, depressed or have anxiety and yep. are being given these psychotropic drugs, like... Yep, and... and yeah, as you say, that that statistic and whilst we know there's a number of factors that will contribute to, I guess, a mental illness that then results in suicide, yeah. it's, I think it's important for people to understand and, I mean, you, people have a hard time convincing me that nutrition um, <laughs> doesn't play a huge role in improving that and I think as we know with the information that's coming through and the research and studies into the gut brain connection that um if we can obviously fix the gut then we can fix what's happening in the brain and i think my passion is for the primary school children and i think if we equip them with the knowledge and i try and make it a fun interactive lessons and, and the feedback i get is that the kids have a great time but within the lessons I try and encourage the kids to know about the foods and how it affects their body. So just simple things like this will make me feel happy or this will give me energy to play throughout the day. And I think the that healthy association at that young age when they're getting to teenage years where, you know, anxiety, depression and that are becoming more prevalent, that they can then go, oh, I like to think that at that stage they might be skillful enough or knowledgeable enough to then go, well, if I eat those foods, they can make me feel happy. Yeah. The ins and outs of the food and, the, you know, and the science behind the foods, I don't, for a young age and for where we're at, I don't think, you know, I could read about it all day and learn about it all day. But I think if we can just equip people with those basic knowledge, they associate their food with feelings or that food with eliminating, you know, the feelings of anxiety and depression that we can combat that mental illness and that suicide like that's a scary statistic it is where well, i read it um yesterday and and i was like oh my goodness i had i did not realize that. Yeah. And that and that's mental illness really because yes um nobody who's happy is going to want to leave the world it's usually because they have anxiety or depression or they the you know things just aren't um working for them and as a police woman i'm yeah. sure you have seen this because um, yep. I know my husband talked about it a lot. Um, not so much much back in the seventies and eighties, but you would um, be aware of, of what is happening out there with our youth. Um, yep. because you're likely the one that is called first um, in That's that right. situation. Yeah. Yeah. 
so I, yeah, I have, I have dealt with suicides and, um, it's sort of hard to say. I think when I first joined, I didn't necessarily, I, I, I feel like I didn't grow up under a rock, but I was quite naive as a 21 year old. So all of it was so new and overwhelming. But when I sort of look back and reflect, I think the prevalence of it and the, um, dealing I think dealing with younger kids has become more and more common over my last 10 or 11 years and it is these kids that that are a little bit lost or feeling anxious and they can't necessarily fit into a um, a mainstream school or that they're um, they learn differently or they think differently so they're made to feel different and um, that all contributes to I guess where they get to in in their mid-teens or through the adolescence early adulthood um, to feeling that that as you say, they sort of don't feel like their purpose on that they have a purpose on earth anymore, and um, it's sad to think that they don't have another way or another out or um, you know a way of going about it to to fix themselves other than prescription medications or things like that that perhaps in the longer run don't necessarily do them any favors. One of the things. Oh, oh, sorry, you go, Karen. I've been no, no, no. <laughs> No, no, mine was actually just more of a statement that I was just thinking to myself that I guess with you being a police officer too, Beck, it kind of gives a a level of credibility to the parents to actually stand up and listen because you've seen the end result of, you know, and this is just one avenue, of course, but you've seen the end result of children not actually being educated or not actually having access to the right um, stuff that's going to support them in their in their growing up and nutrition obviously is a huge part of that yes um so i think that i'm just sitting here thinking if i was a mum and a police officer who specialized in nutrition and health and well-being of our children came and said listen i want to talk to you about your kids i'd be like sure thing come on in yeah that's right i think i'm i'm very fortunate for having that that um i guess level of respect or um you know, that position within my community to have people who are, are wanting and willing to listen. So um very fortunate, yeah, to be in that position that I am. Yeah, mm. great, great point, Karen. It, it is a, a trusted position for the most part. And, yeah. um, and, and you see the result of, of, of the, what happens to these kids if they're not looking after them. Yeah. But you know what, what I find really hard and, you know, you may have um, both, both all of you, I, I know Kim's having a hard time trying to get in on us, <laughs> but um, <laughs> you might, um, oh gosh, now I've lost what I was going to say. Um, uh, it, it was, oh, it was about, it's not sexy um, prevention. And, and I've said this before, I go, who would buy a book from somebody who says, I didn't have a disease, I made this lifestyle and I still have nothing? Nobody cares. Mm. So, but if you, oh, I had mental illness, I had multiple sclerosis, yep. I had Lou Gehrig's, I had whatever it is, this is what I did and now I'm better. Yeah. Um, it, and that, I, I kind of find this really tough to get across to parents, to kids, but I like what you're doing, Beck. I like your saying, hey, if you do this, you'll have more energy to be able to play more sports. And it's almost yes. a way of doing it. Do you want to address that? Both, everybody, anyone who wants to address that, how do we make it more sexy? <laughs> um, <laughs> how do we make it more sexy? Oh, 
Well, I don't know. I think <laughs> nutrition to me is sexy anyway, so <laughs> I don't know how to sell it. <laughs> um, um, I think, uh, um, Karen, I think earlier you mentioned, um, you know, in, in my video, and I'm fortunate enough to see it a little more often, but the tiny faces of the kids um, lighting up, so about about their food or about the fun and the fun that they've had in one of my classes. Um, and I pretty much give them full range to choose what they put in. I, I'll have signs up about the food that's available and why they might choose it. And often kids will come up to me and, it, you know, it might be something like if we're using the cacao melts or whatever it might be. And, you know, a girl came up to me and she goes, oh, I've been feeling sad because my dog passed away. I think if I eat these cacao melts, they'll make me feel good. Because one of the things that I'd said was that they'll, they'll help you feel good. So um, that, I think that to me, when children do that, I think as a parent, if your child came home excited about what they'd done at school and wanting to do it at home, I would have a really hard time to tell my kids, no, we can't do that at home. So I, I guess um, part of my message, and whilst I, I network and work with parents as well, um, to try and get the parents on the same page as the kids at the schools that I'm working at, um, I think if, yeah, if the kids go home and almost inspire their parents, I know I'm motivated by my kids a lot of the time and they blow me away with some of the things that they've heard and they learned and they come back to tell me that that's inspiring enough for me to keep on going and to um, keep on doing the best that I can. And I'd like to think that the kids that I work with then take that home to their parents and it inspires them enough to at least try and make, you know, their own meal or their own snack at home or the, give the kids an opportunity at home. and. I think, you know, if you're not necessarily sexy, but I think being motivated, inspired by your own children to do better, um, the kids naturally get excited by the foods. Um, they are very intrigued and interested to know the effects that they can have on their body. So as you say, Karen, like seeing their faces light up, I, I can't get enough of that. And it absolutely, I could do, as you said, a, a hundred times over, absolutely more than fulfilling for me. And I often say that if I... I could just get my kids to the teens and know that they can get home from school and make a nutritious snack after school instead of, you know, hoeing down biscuits and ice cream or whatever it might be as their after school snack. If I know that I can be at work and the kids can go home and make themselves a nutritious smoothie or um, a whole food snack, I would be completely happy and fulfilled. And I'd like to think that having kids go home and talk to their parents about what they did at school, that parents might end up being on that same page as me, just trusting that their kids can be self-sufficient at a teenage age. Mm. Yeah, and I think it's important. So, can I come in? Oh, Kimmy, hello. Oh, God, you can hear me. I can. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, so, Beck, I just, I just want to say a huge congrats, and, and it's amazing. And I think what you're doing is incredible. I've got a couple of questions and even a comment for you. Yeah. I would just like to say your comment just then about the teenagers and coming home knowing that they can do that. I'm yep. just I'm just gonna add in on that. Let's just let's just say that you hope that the groundwork that you do will support mm -hmm. them to make decisions because I can assure you they yep. do not necessarily eat what we teach them when they're young, when they're a teenager. They're yeah. they're very warty. Um, no, but they often <laughs> will do things just to defy yeah. you. So the greatest thing about that, those that are listening that have got teenagers, um, will know that the groundwork is in there 
more often than not, they will come back if they go off track. Yeah. So I just, I thought that was really cool. I also wondered, um, do you know, you named yourself Omaha Mum. And yeah. I just wanted to know if, is there a meaning in behind Omaha Mum? Do you know what mm. it means? Yeah, so Omaha Mum is Do you my know Instagram. that it's a Maori word in New Zealand? Pardon? Oh. Did you know that Omaha is actually a Maori word and it stands for place of pleasure? Did you know that? Uh, no, well, where I got the name from um, was the origin of the story that I read was to do with the traditional American, so Omaha, Nebraska. Is it Omaha? Nebraska yeah Yeah, yeah. um so the Omaha people the story that I read were that there were a tribe of people and they were people of the water and um at some stage the part of the tribe realized that the way that they were living um along the river and um with the with the water was no longer sustainable for them so there was part of the tribe that wanted to venture inland and create a more sustainable way of living and it created division within the tribe and as a result half the tribe continued along the water half went inland to create um, a better lifestyle for themselves and when um, and um, Cindy you mentioned Carmen earlier this was a conversation that I had with Carmen trying to come up with a name and I basically was sort of saying what I wanted to inspire in people and what change I wanted to make and she's sitting there on Google sort of trying to find stories and trying to find a name that would capture what I wanted to, um, what pretty much capturing the legacy that I want to leave. And um, we came across this story of the Omaha tribe and I guess it was just what I want to inspire in people is to be confident enough to make that change. And even if you're just wondering whether, will that be a more sustainable way of living, just to have the courage to think outside the box and think there must be a different way because I think the way that we're all heading now um, isn't sustainable and a lot of people need to make that change, you know, and that's that's where the name Omaha comes from. But I hadn't heard, um, Kim, the place of pleasure origin mm. from the Maori. Yeah, it's pretty cool. And I think from a mum's perspective, you know, home is always, you know, we could look at that as a home, a place of pleasure, particularly when it's around health and wellness. Yeah, I'm just, sure. I, I think it's brilliant too, and I love the Omaha story. Mm. Um, and it's just an hour's north of Auckland, just in case you're wondering. It's the most oh, beautiful well. bit, and it's just exquisite. So <laughs> I, I will get there one day for sure. New Zealand, New Zealand is on there. Get a photo with the stand there and have us stand yep. somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> hey, um, yeah. I just wanted to ask you, with your background as a policewoman, et cetera, and your knowledge and your passion around children, health and wellness, um, yeah. one thing I'm just curious, because Cindy, Karen and I are all like this as well, we're, we're one-man bands, we're all doing the yeah. best that we can, and, yes, sometimes we have a team of people in behind us, and, yes, we have people supporting us. But I'm just wondering what your big picture is with this. Do you intend to be a Tiger Woods kind of business model where you're out the front and it's only you? Or are you hoping or have a big picture dream that other police people that are interested in passion, uh, sorry, passion, in, interested in food and nutrition, other mums, what, what's your big picture view with Omaha Mum uh, or your vision itself with what you're doing? So... With Omaha, my, my vision is to create a um, recognised in-school nutrition program because from my teaching rounds and um, speaking to educators locally, there isn't necessarily a specific nutrition program. So there's parts of the curriculum where teachers need to teach 
um, health or teach nutrition, but it's basically up to themselves what they teach and how they teach it. So they don't necessarily come from um, an educated nutrition background. So they're just teaching basically what they learned. And, and I did my teaching rounds, well, my son's four now, so it was just after he was born. So let's say three and a half years ago. And um, during one of the health classes, they're still teaching the healthy diet pyramids. So <laughs> that to me just, <laughs> I don't respond well to that sort of thing. So when I saw that, I feel like there's a massive gap in our schools to implement something like this. And um, many schools have like a PE um, in Victoria here, it's Blue Earth. They have the Blue Earth program, which is similar to what you know, we might, we did a huff and puff when we were younger, but Blue Earth is like a physical education program for the kids that schools do. I would love um, my Omaha kids in school program to be the nutrition side, um, similar similar to what Blue Earth are doing, I guess, where whether it's myself or people that I then employ as um, Omaha employees, um, that they go around to the schools and basically um, teach lessons that I'm teaching now. Um, on I, I want it on a bigger scale. Obviously, I'm working locally at the moment really hard. Um, I would love it to broaden um, outside outside of Ballarat, statewide. And, of course, my bigger vision is, like, nationwide, just to, for it to be a well-known and respected nutrition in schools program. No small feet. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, well, I... <laughs> I um I, I understand it. it. It's a big vision and there's a lot of work there. I've got, um, I guess where I'm at, I think as you ladies would know, you sort of put a lot of work in at the start and it's, I mean, the wheels are turning for me and I'm very excited to be, you know, a few months finishing a course that's given me such a great foundation to be confident enough to step into this realm. Um, but there's a lot of work going on right now that's not necessarily coming off, but I'm confident enough that if I keep on working hard, um, I'm fortunate enough to that my sister is a teacher of 10 years and a very good teacher at that. So she's been incredible in helping me come up with the lesson plan. So basically it's my visions and I'll say, well, I want to teach kids this is this. Um, this is how I want to teach it. And she um, makes it work in terms of how it fits into curriculum and how it um, works that way. So I've, had her support all the way she just you know she brings my vision to life in in that regard so I'm confident that I I can get it get it going but again it's just time it's almost your life's been orchestrated you have all the key people in the right places you've done the right things if if I was to look back at it you know that's what I see as I see a very even though you wouldn't have picked it but if you look back hindsight um, everything's just falling into place and and I yeah. look forward to seeing you do what you're, you know, you're planning to do and by the sounds of it, you'll do it. I don't have any, yeah, yeah has any hesitation in thinking that you wouldn't because of what you've already achieved and, and what you've already done. Yeah. 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 Well, I, I like to think so too and, yeah, as I say, I'm more than prepared to put the hard work in and um, potentially it may mean a, a complete um, break from Victoria Police but, again, that's just something to consider and to see how it may work. But um, my passion and drive is with my Omaha kids stuff at the moment and um, I definitely want to just keep my energy going there because, as I said, I'm very early days and I can see I can see the wheels turning and um, just with the small amount of work I'm doing now um, and networking with local schools, I've been fortunate enough to, you know, have opportunities pop up and, as we know, if you're on the right path, I'll 
this coming. So um, that's what I find is happening to me and even just within this next month, I get to, I've been asked to present at a, um, at the Ballarat Diocese um, Administration Conference for Catholic Schools of Victoria. So um, it's a conference that they have every two years and over 100 people attend. So they've asked me to come and speak about workplace wellness and how them as administrators of Catholic schools can, um, I guess, inspire or lead by example for the kids in terms of their nutrition and how they can get their nutrition right to set the example for the kids. So to know that that message is getting across and that they would think of me to present to something like that, like I feel like I'm definitely doing the right things to, um, you know, fall on the right ears at the moment. So it's just building on that. Yay. Well, okay. <clears throat> now, and I do think you look very sexy. <laughs> <laughs> I don't do well with I do that. I think you're sort of... very sexy when you look on your Instagram page. <laughs> oh, she's hot. Thank you. <laughs> oh, thank you. I think you're you know, into you're nutrition, serious. and I think you've got it right there. Yeah, <laughs> definitely. Yeah. Um, in all seriousness, I think it makes a massive difference to have somebody who's well presented, who can articulate their ideas well, who can relate to the kids because you've got your own, you've got this yes. deep burning desire to make a difference, um, yep. you know what you're talking about, you come with credibility. I think you're the whole package and I think yeah. if we've got any of our listeners um, who you know have any kind of involvement with the schools and I dare say... Don't be limited just to Victoria. If any of our listeners are around Australia and are interested in supporting Beck or getting back to their schools or to their community groups, I think let's just let's just try and facilitate like a let's start national. Let's just try and facilitate a national yeah. awareness around this. You know, I I yeah. can see a national lunchbox day being created where you know, you have specific lunch boxes made and you know it's a whole process for kids that yep. you know, once a quarter is lunchbox day and that's yep. the day that kids get to do their own lunchbox or something, you know, you'll come up with a campaign. But I can see that if we can create national awareness around this that currently yep. doesn't exist and it's happening so locally in, with, with lots of different people, but I think, Beck, you have the ability to leverage this on a much larger scale because you also have the desire to do that. Mm. Yes, Absolutely. And you also have the capacity yeah. and the capability to do that, which is why you're on a show like this with 2.5 million listeners, no pressure. <laughs> yeah, I haven't been thinking about that at all over the past week. <laughs> Just to scare the crap out of them. <laughs> um, yeah, no, that, that's lovely. And I, I mean, um, my visions are, uh, are definitely that big, but I'm also, um, you know, I just want to, um, I guess keep it real and um, know where I'm at now and just be very, I think I would just want to enjoy where I'm at now, but I definitely have that vision and drive to have, as you say, um, national and absolutely I'm not, I'm not scared to travel. So absolutely anyone interstate. Um, I do love a trip to the sunny coast. So any sunny coast <laughs> listeners, any educators up that way, um, I'm up there often enough anyway. So um, absolutely I would love to, to network and communicate. So definitely touch base with me um whether through instagram my omaha omaha mum page or through facebook which is omaha nutrition um or check out my website and contact me through there i'd absolutely love to hear from people 
So let's make sure everybody knows how to get to you. What is your yep. website? omahanutrition.com.au is your website yeah. and it is a stunning website. Your Instagram... Can I, yeah, can I just cut in there just, um, just to give credit to my brother who is an incredible graphic designer who designed my logo and the webpage is still under construction but he's done an incredible job designing and, and making that for me. So um, just shout out to him. Well, it's very professional. I love your logo. It, like I looked at it and I went, you know, in since I, I can't believe how much you have got done. You, um, you know, you're a woman on a mission and it's, I don't, yeah. And I look, at your, it's a, I look at your Instagram page and you've got yeah. 12,500 followers on there at Omaha Mum. Yeah. Um, and um, I haven't seen your Facebook page, but is, what was your Facebook? Omaha Mum yeah. again? No, that's Omaha Nutrition. Nutrition. Okay. Just so yep. everybody knows how to find you. I think it's really, really um, important. So, yeah, you are yep. a woman on a mission. So before we end this beautiful podcast, I want to ask Kim or Karen if you have any more questions. Um, and if, if they don't have any questions, then my question to you, Beck, is do you have any words of wisdom? I do. I do. Oh, you do, Kim. Go on. You do it first and then we'll ask Beck. Well, you obviously play a little bit of Australian rules. Is that right? So I missed the start of that. Um, I play some Australian rules footy. Is that... You play Aussie Fools footy? Aussie, Aussie Fools, that's how <laughs> Yeah. Aussie I do. The rules. Yes. So um, this is being recorded before the grand final. So I'm yes. just going well, I go for Richmond as well, so this is a very big weekend for me. <laughs> oh, it's such oh, a shame we can only go the Tigers, just for you. Yay, thank you. It would, yeah. It's still surreal at the moment, but um, I'll embrace it on the day, no doubt. <laughs> Good luck, darling. Thank you for coming on the show. Thank you so much for having me. Karen, do you have anything you want to ask? Oh, I'm pretty good. I've just, I've really loved listening to this mm. podcast because there's nothing I find more, like I say, inspiring than somebody. Um, and I guess because it kind of mirrors my ride as well in that, you know, you go through your traditional job where you're working for somebody or another organization and you think that that's what you always wanted to do. But yeah. then something else comes your way and you leap at it with, you know, all that you've got. And, you know, it, it's kind of like that whole question of was I doing the right thing all along or now I'm finally finding my purpose and all of that sort of stuff. But in actual yeah. point of fact, everything has been purposeful in your life, Beck. You know, the work that you've done yes. in the police force has set you up for this because yeah, this absolutely. gives you the leverage that you've always needed. And, yeah. you know, so everything serves its purpose. So just be sure to be drawing on everything. And utilising and using and capitalising on everything to get this message out because we don't have to look too far outside of our front doors to see how much people are suffering. And if we can, yeah. if we can create a level of change with our children, um, you know, this world is going to get to be a better place. And I, I take my hat off to you. I think you're a bloody rock star. And Thank you. <laughs> I'm, I'm so excited for everything that you're... Um, you're going to be producing and creating and I just hope that this podcast this podcast really catapults you to yeah. the place where you're supposed to be so you know just clear that beautiful mind 
Get out of your own way and just (laughs) really let this wave take you as big as it can possibly take Mm. you, my friend. Thank you. Are the person who is going to do this job. So congratulations and Mm. good good on you. I'm 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 thrilled. Thank you so much. That means a lot. Thank you. Oh, it's a pleasure. It's a pleasure. So Cindy, go, go, your question. Go, go, go. I want to hear what mine was just any more words of wisdom from from Beck. Um, for other women that have an idea. Um, I I just I realize that when you have an idea, you just run with it. But what are your wisdom to women who have an idea and just seem to have a block? What what would you give them? Um, I think it probably bounces a little bit off what Karen's just said. It's just to clear your own mind and just, I guess, trust your journey. And that's what, as scary as it is for me right now, and I guess um, this entire year, at the end of last year, I made a decision just to exactly what Karen said, catapult myself into something that I know is right for me. And I guess it's just to other women, other mums, whatever field it may be that you're in or field that um, you feel you need to be in, just trust your journey and um, clear your mind and, and just let yourself feel it, embrace it and experience it. it. It is scary and it's overwhelming a lot of the time, but the things that I've done this year, um, I wouldn't take that back for anything. So just absolutely just trust your journey and go with it. That's fabulous, isn't it? Don't you just love it? <laughs> yeah, I do. I really enjoyed this. Yeah. Mm. Thank you, beautiful podcast and again you know for everybody that's listening if you feel like you could definitely use the support or the help of beck you guys have got all of her details and how to reach out to her and we're going to make sure that all of those contact information is in the show notes as well mm-hmm. so yeah great great podcast beck thank well you done, so girl. much ladies you're amazing no right back at you mm. <laughs> yep <laughs> All right, for everybody who's been listening to today's podcast, we certainly hope that you've loved it as much as we have. This has been such a treat and an honor to bring somebody so special onto the show. If you've got any questions for Beck or if you want to make any comments about today's show, just whip on over to our, our um, Facebook page at allthews.facebook.com forward slash up for a chat. And you can also pop your comments and questions at allthews.thewellnesscouch.com forward slash up for a chat now make sure that you guys join us here next week at exactly the same time also when you hit over to web to um, itunes or google play make sure that you give us a five star rating and don't forget to tell all of your friends about the awesome shiz bang that happens down here at up for a chat we can't wait to speak to you guys again next week on a really fabulous and enticing topic so make sure that you tune back in again and we're going to share the ride with you so make sure that you're here with us and don't miss a beat So join us here on Up for a Chat next week where you get to become part of the ripple effect that's changing the world. We're going to see you on the ride. Bye, everybody. This has been a production of thewellnesscouch.com. Check us out on Facebook and join in the conversation on facebook.com forward slash thewellnesscouch. Subscribe to each show on iTunes and check us out on Twitter. The Wellness Couch, streaming wellness into your lives. Whilst the Wellness Couch presenter endeavor to provide accurate and helpful information to their listeners, these podcasts cannot take into account individual circumstances and are not intended to be a substitute for health and medical advice from a qualified health professional. You should always seek the advice of a qualified health professional before acting on any of the information provided by any of the Wellness Couch podcasts.